0: And we're live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Cogan Show. I'm your host, Johnny K. Here we go. Here we go, baby. So two huge topics. But before we get into it, we got some serious business to talk about, you and I. Serious business. This is really important, okay? So I don't care if you listen to this in your car, on your headphones. I don't care who's around you. I do not care. I literally don't care, okay? I want you to think of something that you wish you didn't do recently, no matter how big or how small. Okay, like you forgot to bring something or you shouldn't have said something to someone, something you, you know, in that conscience part, you regret and wish you didn't do something recently. Think about it. You got it? Okay, now take a deep breath and forgive yourself. And I want you to say, I forgive myself. No, 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 no not in your head. I want you to say it out loud. Even if there's people around you and they look at you like you're a whack job, which you are a whack job, because by definition, if you listen to Jonathan Cogan show, you are a truth seeking pro human whack job. Okay. Which is a great thing. It sounds bad, but it's fantastic. So I want you to say out loud. I forgive myself. Ready? I forgive myself. And if you didn't do it, you should be ashamed, have some courage because courage is more contagious than fear. And that is the type of mentality we need in this world in 2023. That is what we need right now more than ever. Wherever you are in the world, we need more courageous people, okay? Who are willing to speak up and tell the truth, bond together and stand with your fellow man and woman and non-binary or whatever, I don't care, okay? Whatever, human being, hand in hand and say, I love people, we're on the same team, We will take our world back. Very basic. Okay. So please forgive yourself. All right. So a lot of people ask me, Jonathan, I listen to Jonathan Cogan show. How are you? How do you, how are you so accurate? How do you know so far ahead of time? Are you an oracle? Are you a philosopher? Can you see the future? What is it, Jonathan? Like, well, how do you do it? How do you do it? And I say, yes. Yes, I am. That is exactly what I am. And then I leave the scene and I go to my closet with my white cat Purdy, not Purdy, Purdy. And we look at the crystal globe and I rub it, you know, like the one where you would shake it. And then a lot of snow would fall from the top, you know, like the that ball. And then we shake it and we put it down. And I put both my hands on it and I close my eyes and I see everything. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. Come on. That's wild. Are you serious? That's, that's crazy. No, no, no. I do research. I learn. I look into things. I spend all day, every day trying to find out the truth and then telling it to you. And that's probably why you listen to this. I mean, that and my voice being so sexy, but besides that, we have a good time. Okay. And we tell the truth here. And who would have thought in this day and age that it would, it would be like, counter it'd be such an anomaly to tell the truth and be apolitical like this is by far the number one apolitical podcast on the internet yes we're ranked on top daily news podcasts. yes we're ranked in news commentary in several countries but this isn't news commentary i don't give you my commentary this isn't even news this is truth and i just tell it to you okay so we need to have a new category called apolitical news okay which equals truth all right, that's what we need. So, who would have thought people are not down for it? But here's the thing: I believe the consumers, the people, you, your friends, your family, the people who are searching for what is true, what is not. Oh my God, the world's so chaotic. Oh, it's totally normal. No, it's not normal. But the world's so chaotic. How do I know what's true and not true? I don't have the time. I don't want to know. I just want to I don't want to do the work. I just want to know what's true and not true. And then you found the Jonathan Cogan show. Someone shared it with you. Maybe you found it. Maybe you're going to share it with someone else. <clears throat> Maybe you're going to share it with someone else. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Nudge, nudge. Um, and that's what I do. I, I, I spend so much time researching to get you what you need to know. Now I'm going on and on. It's getting long. I'm aware. So let's get right into the news. Okay. Where we don't look at anything through a political lens because I don't trust people who I don't, I don't trust anybody who's political. Do you on either side? Do you trust anyone who's political? Anyone? Uh, no. Why? Because they're partisan hacks, okay? Since we don't have affiliated, since we don't have big donors, you're the donor, okay? You, the people, the people, the people, the people. And that's who we represent on this podcast. We represent what I believe 87.692% of the people are thinking, but either are afraid to say... Or just waiting for someone else to say, him, like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh yeah, I totally know what's going on. And that's what I do. I break through and I say what you want to say. That's why we, oh, that's why you listen to this. Cause you're like, oh wow, it resonates. Why? Because everyone's thinking this who has any brain cells left. You understand? I know you understand, but does someone else, maybe someone you know needs to understand. Send him any one of the 168 what, episodes. I mean, come on, they're all fantastic. They're phenomenal. Actually, they're not all fantastic, but a good 90% of them are phenomenal. Absolutely great. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm totally unbiased and apolitical, and this is my favorite podcast I've ever heard in my life. Period. Full stop. Done. Potatoes. All right, here we go. So let's start with Donald J. Trump, which honestly, what fascinates me is, I said this so many times before, I cannot wait for the day that he's no longer in the public eye. He's old. And all these people who have made careers careers. They literally, literally, they have careers. They, 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 they write sub stacks. They, all they do is they report stuff on Trump, whether they form or against them, they tend to be more against him, And so they're very biased and partisan and they got this like base. And then when he's gone, they're not like, it's not like a Republican Democrat thing. It's like Trump, no Trump thing. And so when he's gone, I just want to see what these people are going to do for a living. And I see what's happening. They're trying to turn DeSantis because he's young and will be around a lot longer into like the second coming of Trump so they can continue their business model. I see it. Right. I see it. I mean, I actually have a friend ch- a chat group. My friend told me that, uh, Ron, I go, is Ron DeSantis fascist? Is, is, is Florida a fascist state? And he said, yeah, it's fascist. It's definitely fascist. And so, uh, and I don't know if you saw this email that went viral and this ties into it where someone. Wrote to their parents, you need to promise never to vote for the, for Republicans or we'll never talk to you again. I see what's happening in Florida and places like Texas and we have an escape plan. We know our history of 1930s Germany because that was a fat Hitler was fascist. Um, and so he said he was fascist. I go, wow, I go, this is a crazy phenomenon. You have more people going to Florida than any other state in the country and they're leaving California more time, more than any other time in history. And people have fought for generations to leave fascism, trying to get out of Germany. Okay. Getting out of like with, with Mussolini in charge. Okay. With Hitler in charge, those people, they wanted, they fought to get out. Some people couldn't get out and they died. Tons of people. Right. And now people are willingly moving to Florida in droves to live under a fascist regime. Isn't that, that is a phenomenon. I cannot even someone, someone in this world is incorrect. Either it's not fascist. Like you have the, you have the governor there writing a book, the courage to be free. And other people saying it's fascist one. It can't be true. I don't know which one it is, but one can't be true. Okay. So I can't even believe that he, he was saying that. Okay. Like, and then I was like, why are so many people moving to Florida now more than ever? And I'll get into Trump in a second, which is he said, cause you can work from home now. And I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. So if Mussolini and Hitler allowed you to work from home, Germany and Italy, whatever, they would have thrived. They would have done so well. They would have done fantastic. Hitler's only mistake was that he didn't let you work from home. You didn't know that? <laughs> How psychotic is that? That's insane. So we live in two different realities. And I find it so interesting. I, I love it. I really love it. I don't know what part of me loves it, but I just love it. So, um, Yeah, let's get into Trump being indicted or getting arrested, all this stuff. Listen, we don't support Trump on this podcast because we don't support any candidates because they're all political, okay? So I need to start with that, okay? I tend to think that it's probably a bad idea to indict a presidential candidate that is the favorite to run in the presidential election who is on the other side of the current ruling class, meaning the democratic party in there the Republican party about this hush payment with, 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 with a porn star. Okay. I think that that is probably a bad idea because it looks like a political persecution. I don't know. I'm a pretty radical Think You know, thinker here. I think of like Clinton, like literally getting a blow job from like some intern in the nineties and saying he didn't do it. But then like, we all know Monica Lewinsky did um suck his penis. You know, listen, I, I'm sorry. I have to just call it what it is. I have to call it, what it is. And she was like, I don't know, like 19 years old. And he was the most powerful man in the world. Like that's a, that's a big deal too. You know, like that, that's pretty bad. And I'm sure other presidents were, um, I don't know, probably even worse than that when we didn't even have this stuff documented in the internet age. So I, I think that we're, this is probably a bad idea, okay? Probably a bad idea. No matter how corrupt you, let's, let's let's even talk about Joe Biden. No matter how corrupt Joe Biden is, okay? Even if he is a plant of the, of the Chinese Communist Party, which is possible, you can't, if he's running for president, you can't take him out of the race. You can't persecute him and put him, try to get him behind bars or get him some sort of like felony of some sort so you can't run. You can't do that on either side. You just can't do that. So then you're going to ask me, are the presidents above the law? And my answer is, yeah, I think they are. I think they are. I mean, come on now. I mean, did we ever prosecute Bush for killing millions of innocent children in Iraq and all these drone strikes and Obama? Like, no, 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 no. Okay. A hush payment of Stormy Daniels and then literally bombing people in Syria and, and, and killing children, like literally on, on 60 minutes. They're like, oh, you killed 500,000 children. They go, yeah, it was worth it. It was worth it. We had to do it. We had to kill them. Like, that's bad, okay? If there's anything that's going to get you persecuted or prosecuted, whatever the word is, that's it. Okay, so this is bad, bad, bad stuff, okay? We are teetered. And I'm watching this documentary of, of how the Soviet Union became, you know, the Red Scare and how it became, you know, with the with the camps they had and how it slowly progressed into the, you know, the Soviet Union, the Communist Soviet Union. And it's fascinating how it how it transpires. And this isn't the same thing but you can see how a society changes and evolves and it's absolutely fascinating. And if you don't think that our society is trying to be changed in some way, I'm not saying equal or even that direction, but in some way it's, it's changing right now more than any other time in the past few decades. I don't know what planet you're on, but things are obviously evolving in some way. I wouldn't say that, uh, I would say the closest thing, the closest word I can use, it's not a fascism or communism type thing. I think it's corporatism. I think that, uh, In the United States in particular, I think the government has been really taken over by corporations and corporate interests and huge billionaire donors, you know, and uh, I I think they're swaying. They're the people who, when the president gets elected, they come in the room with their black suits and they say, that's great. You ran all this, but this is actually the stuff you're going to be doing. Okay. Okay. And if you're not, we'll JFK you, you know what I mean? Pop. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would lean towards the side of caution when it comes to, like, intelligence agencies. I'd probably go, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe they're not trustworthy. I don't know. You know, there's this huge embracement of, of one political category. The Democrats being like, oh, my God, we trust everything the FBI and the CIA does when historically they were the opposite. Uh, I would probably be a little careful there because, again, it starts with Trump supporters, then it ends with you. That's how it works, okay? Everybody knows this game. We have too many times in history where we know this now, but now in the information age, we can connect with one another at record speeds. We can share the Jonathan Cogan show. We can listen to the Jonathan Cogan show. We can absorb the Jonathan Cogan show. We can praise the Jonathan Cogan show, and that will help us. Sur- I'm just kidding. No, no. I mean, sort of. I mean, it's a great show, but obviously we will survive with each other. It's not this podcast in itself. So that's all I got to say on that front. So next week's gonna be bananas. Now perhaps, you know, Elon actually put out a good meme. It said, uh, the banking, it's like the bankings are uh the banking system is collapsing, and then you know, with one person's face and the right below, it's like, so arrest Trump to divert your attention. You got the Fed meeting next week, the day after on Wednesday. You have the bank system literally collapsing. The whole sh- the whole monetary system globally is coming down. They need to distract you with anything, whether it's World War III, whether it's indicting Trump. Don't think that these these two things aren't related. Look over here. Look over here. Look over here. Oh, wow. You have no money left. Oops. Sorry. You should have looked over there. That's how the game works. Watch this hand while I pull the trick with the other hand, which means if you only had one hand, you couldn't even do the trick. So God bless people who have one arm. Okay. Now, this is a crazy episode I'm about to get into. Crazy. I don't know if I've shared it before, but Doctor David Martin is one of the most interesting people on planet Earth, given of his intel and what he knows about how the government works, and particularly with this pandemic, which he predicted in 2003, and like how the Prep Act was passed, and and how that plays into you know when there's a bio emergency and, and and basically giving up your constitutional powers. This is amazing. I have so many clips here. This is from the Kim Iverson show, which I please watch. She's fantastic. It's on Rumble. So I want to start off with some history. By the way, I did an episode, oh my god, one of the first, not one of the first, but I don't know, episode like probably I'd guess like 40, Operation Dark Winter. You could look it up, Operation Dark Winter. And they, you know, like you have Biden saying it in debates, this will be a dark winter, Operation Dark Winter. Dark winter. they they say the words that the, you know, the, the deep state uh whatever you want to call it, the intelligence agencies operations like Operation Paperclip where the Nazis came into the United States from Nazi Germany. Uh, to then come into the highest ranks of NASA and other agencies. That's Operation Paperclip. You gotta look this stuff up. So, Operation Dark Winter. Um, well, Operation Dark Winter was right around when anthrax occurred. You remember anthrax? Okay. Anthrax was the pandemic before the pandemic. All right. That was, that was the original thing that was supposed to blow up the system. All right. And, uh, remember, that happened around the same time as September 11th. So, when you think of 2001, you think of September 11th, but uh, 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 the biggest thing was the anthrax. And they used and they sent anthrax to people because of, of, of the elected officials who didn't want to uh pass the PrEP Act, which now the Prep Act, you know, was what we used in the the recent pandemic uh to basically relieve people of their constitutional uh rights. So this is amazing. Let me give you a quick history lesson from Dr. David Martin. This guy knows what he's talking about, almost like no other. Let's talk about anthrax first, and then we're gonna tie this full circle, full stop into where we are today and how we knew this was all coming along and how we knew this was all going to happen. Okay. Um, but before I actually get into that, I meant to say, Oh, I meant to, uh, bring up, uh, if this podcast is not helping you, I want you to tweet at me at K O G Z. Okay. Kogs K O G Z and tweet at me. You are scum. Okay. If you disagree and don't like me, please tweet at me. You are scum. And what do I mean by you are scum? I mean, like Keith Oberman said, you are scum, which is uh, right after Trump won the election. He literally made this video. And I love it. This makes me laugh so hard. This is Keith Oberman asking if there is a Russian coup underway in America. This, and this was on the GQ channel, GQ, like the magazine. Here we go. Ready? Military apparatus of this country is about to be handed over to scum who are beholden to scum, Russian scum. As things are today, January 20th. We'll... <laughs> so if you think I'm scum, you let me know, just like he let the world know how much scum Donald Trump is. Oh, that is so funny. I love that. I love that. That guy, that he's fan, he's phenomenal. I, I Do people really watch him and actually like believe? It's crazy. He's so funny. He makes me really laugh. So Dr. David Martin, I played that out of context. I was playing that a little while ago. I'm sorry it took so long. I'm sorry. Uh, so David Martin, first part. I'm going to tell you things and we're going to teach you things that you didn't know about anthrax until now. This is going to, listen, uh, this is only for people who want to know the truth. This is tough stuff. This is tough stuff. You're going to learn a lot of stuff today that maybe is going to make you rethink of what you've been taught for, you know, your whole life. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you got to come to terms with that. We've been lied to. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal unless you like just ignore it. So here's the first part. Take a listen to this.
1: By the way, Kim, forget that the anthrax scare of September 2001 um, was the real domestic terrorism event of 2001. We we talk about 9/11, but we don't talk about 9/28, and we should. We should be talking about the anthrax scare because that's when the Department of Defense actually attacked American people and killed American citizens with a bioweapon called anthrax. That's a terrible thing, and we don't ever talk about it. But what came to our attention in the spring of 2001, so this was months before the anthrax alleged outbreak, was a purchase order by the Department of Defense for 300 million doses of ciprofloxacin. Now, Kim, most people don't know, but cipro was the drug that you used to treat anthrax poisoning. Now, anthrax, as a practical matter, is a disease that affects hide tanners you heard what i said hide tanners like people who work with leather right right now i don't know i don't know in what universe we were expecting 300 million people to be suddenly tanning hides in the great buffalo hunt of 2001 like what the heck that was about Mm -hmm. feels like it's odd but in may of 2001 the united states army ordered from bayer 300 million doses of a drug that would never be used. I happened to raise a question going, hold on a minute, why is Bayer getting a contract for 300 million doses of a drug that we've never used? What, what, are, what are we planning on doing? And not surprisingly, in late September, when all of a sudden there's an anthrax outbreak, you sit there and go, okay, well, how did the Department of Defense know That we needed to get 300 million doses of the drug to treat a thing five months before the thing actually became a thing not unlike this whole covid nonsense it became very clear that the department of defense knew something and i happen to have because of my background with the armed forces institute of pathology and my work at the various forts that do bioweapons programs i happen to know where the anthrax lab was because I happened to be in the anthrax lab. That's how I knew where it was. So I knew that the weaponization of anthrax was happening. And so when when it started being circulated in late September, I knew what it was. And ironically, at that point in time, several senators reached out to me and said, listen, we think that this might be an inside job. And we think that Bayer as a corporation might be involved in it. And we think that the Department of Defense might be involved in it. So, what do you know? And what ensued was over the next two years, we provided all the evidence for the fact that this was an inside DOD job. We provided that to the Congress. We provided that to a number of investigators. And as you know, finally, after years of hand-wringing and trying to figure out the who done it, we finally named a US person affiliated with the federal labs who actually was the person who was blamed for the anthrax outbreak. Now, the fact is, and anybody looking at history knows, that the anthrax outbreak was not an act of a lone wolf. It was a plan so that we could pass the PREP Act. And the PREP Act was necessary to essentially suspend constitutional protections when there was a bioemergency, which is what we've just lived through. I warned that that would happen in 2003.
0: So I know. (laughs) I know. That's a lot to take in. I'm totally aware. Um, That is important. You have to understand that these things happen according to a plan. Like the Prep Act, like the Patriot Act. Like, how deceiving is the Patriot Act? Oh, you got to be a patriot to vote for this. Oh my God. Now the surveillance state can survey everything you could do, and we can just watch you and do whatever you want. But you need to be a patriot to support it. Okay. It's all a game, it's all opposite day, every day of the week with these political hacks. It's unbelievable. So the so I bet you didn't know that about the Pratt Act. I didn't know that. Okay, maybe you did know that because you're political. But this podcast isn't political, so we just have to learn the facts the hard way, which is old fashioned research, reading, listening, watching, whatever. Okay, so that's crazy. So Dr. David Martin is so smart, and he's hired basically. He's hired by governments, uh, like really powerful, you know, branches of the government to basically look into these crimes like this. And you're going to hear about a lot of the work that he's done in a, in a second. I have a bunch of clips. This is fantastic. Um, and they ask him to investigate and he'll investigate so well. And he has like this, this, this. this, he's created these companies that have like AI algorithms that are able to research all this data and all this stuff. So that's why he's such a specialist. And uh, he will find, he will investigate and find the crime or who's responsible for it. And then when that happens, they shut it down. So basically they hire him to see if their plans can get caught to see if they can get caught. And then as soon as they find out they can get caught, they shut him down. It's happened so many times since he's been hired for all sorts of governments around the world. It is unbelievably fascinating. Okay? But that is what he's hired for. So let's get into this. I have so many clips here. So I can't preface what this one is about, but they're all extremely important. and I do have them in an order, but let's just get right into um, right into this next one. A lot of this is going to blow your socks off. This is just the whole thing is going to blow your socks off. Here we go.
1: Now, uh, a very alarming uh, patent uh, was applied for by UNC Chapel Hill in 2002. And just to make sure your viewers and your listeners remember, SARS, as as what we call SARS, didn't exist then. We we didn't have SARS until the winter of 2002 going into the spring of 2003. That's SARS 1.0. Mm -hmm. But but in the spring of 2002, the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill filed a patent on what was called an infectious replication defective clone of coronavirus. Now, just let's unpack that sentence. Infectious replication defective. What does that mean? That means it's not coming from nature. It means that we're building a thing that is supposed to target human cells. And we're gonna build it in such a way that we can put a switch inside of that thing to activate, to harm the human cell. And what human cells were being targeted? Well, heart and lung. If you go back to 1990 when Pfizer filed its first patent on the first coronavirus vaccine, that vaccine was for dogs and pigs because it used to be that coronavirus infection was a gastrointestinal problem. But in 2002, after a decade of work, Ralph Berrick at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill figured out how to make what was called an infectious replication defective clone. And that was the tool that was going to be used by Anthony Fauci, funded by his, his organization, NIAID. That was going to be the gain of function tool that was going to then be the envelope into which we would insert mRNA which would then activate a infection and harm to the cell that's being targeted. And when that particular patent was filed in 2002, I knew that we had a problem because when you announce to the world that you have taken a pathogen that was allegedly a problem for dogs and pigs, and you now make it a targeted pathogen for humans, and not just any old human. It's not just a gastrointestinal version of this. This was specifically optimized to go after heart and lung tissue. That's a weapon.
0: So I'm going to stop that one there. So he he actually talks about in, I think, this next clip, which is it's a tough pill to swallow that your government and the elites, which is there's only two classes of in, in anything, political, people, however you want to look at it. There's the elites and the peasants. That's it. You and I, we're on Team Peasant, which is great. There's more of us now than ever. We've never been stronger. We, well, we're well, we forgetting. We're losing sight. Some people on the peasant team think they're on the elite team. It's very weird. But whatever. There are two classes. We are on Team Peasant. There are more of us now than ever. And we are going to win this battle. But it is hard pill. It's a hard pill to swallow that the elite class hate you. I don't know why. I, I really don't. Maybe because you're scum. Scum of the earth. Scum. <laughs> you are Russian scum. <laughs> Maybe that's why. I don't know. I have no idea. But uh, it's a hard pill to swallow. And you need to come to terms with that. And in fact, he gets into that. He talks about them. I hope it might be this next clip. This is really, really good. I know. I know. It's a lot. I'm aware. Trust me. I'm totally aware. But this is important stuff. And you deserve to know. The people deserve to know. And I know you don't have time to do all this research. So I do it for you. So let's get into this next one. The
1: vast majority of Americans' logic is we sit there going clearly nobody actually really wanted bad things to be done and i have some bad news for every american right now whether it's the war on drugs in the 1980s whether it is the alleged war on aids in the 1990s whether it is the alleged war on terrorism in the 2000s and whether it's alleged war on biology and carbon in the 2010s the bad news is that our government fully intends to harm its citizens. And I hate to be the bearer of that bad news, but let's get real. It's time for us to actually stop pretending like if they say it outright and they tell us that that's what they're doing, we should try to understand maybe they didn't really mean what they were saying. So let's get really real. When Ralph Barrick says synthetic coronavirus is a platform technology for a bioweapon, That is not a public health research project. A bioweapon is a weapon. It is not a public health research project. And when you see in their papers that they say they are going to use it and they're gonna deploy it so that the public accepts a universal vaccine, you're not sitting there going, oh, hold on a minute. So this was an accident thing and we didn't really mean to do it. No, they actually said, they are going to deploy an agent, a respiratory pathogen, so that the public will accept a medical countermeasure. That is self-inflicted harm. And we can sit there till the cows come home and go, well, they didn't really mean that, did they? But then let's listen to what they actually say. And this-
0: so it's a it's just something we have to come to terms with their government hate. But if you learn history and you actually know history, the governments have hated all of their, they've always hated their people all through all through their time. This isn't new. It's just weird in this age because you, you happen to grow up in the past, you know, four or five decades, the most peaceful time in human history. There's never been a time so peaceful than right now, than right now. Okay. And so it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow. I'm, I'm aware, I'm very aware, but you need to know that your best interest isn't at heart for the ruling class. Okay. Now here's the other crazy part, which is how this all rolled out. And let's see if he gets into it on on, uh, on this one. Let's see. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, he brings up a really good point about how BioNTech is a German company. And then they use it on the Israeli population first. <laughs> I don't know if this is the part. So uh, let's, let's listen to this part first, and then we'll get into that.
1: There's a bigger problem in China that China oh, doesn't oh, want oh, to
0: admit. Oh, we got to do this first. So this clip right here is a lot of people ask, which is, okay, uh, what's in it for China? Like, what? you know, it looks like China suffered the most. What is in this for China? You know, if this pandemic happened, blah, 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 you know, we we get how all these other countries benefited. But what is in it for China? What is in it for China? And you've heard on this podcast about how China is the oldest aging demographic in human history. There's more 60 year olds than there are 50 than there are 40, 30, 20, 10. They had a one child policy for 40 years. They're at the point of no return. Their, their population will have by 2050 and will even collapse by 2100, but even way below that. So they are in a population decline that started just now. It started this decade and it isn't reversing. Okay. And Because I'm asked, well, what is in it for China? This is an interesting take of what possibly is in it for China. And uh, another thing to add is, yes, they're on population decline, but they also have 100 million more men than women, which is a problem. Take a listen to his thesis of why, of how this has benefited China and how they um, uh, took advantage of the, were opportunistic on the situation. It's interesting.
1: And that is that China, as you probably know, has had a one-child policy for many decades, and that one-child policy has resulted in way more men than women. Because as awkward as it is for us to admit, in many cultures, male children are preferred over female children, and in China, that was epidemic. And what was very clear by the late 1990s and early 2000s, when I was spending an enormous amount of time with the state council in China, it was very clear that the leadership there knew that they had probably somewhere between 86 and 100 million excess men. And when you have 86 to 100 million excess men, you have an existential problem as an economy because what you find is that those people are going to spend not only all of their wealth, but they're gonna spend all their heritable wealth, meaning that they're gonna spend all of their parents' wealth, their grandparents' wealth, They're going to do it all in one generation, and it turns out that you need to find a mechanism to turn manufacturing from an export market to a made-for-China market. And what I have said many times is that the Chinese government was opportunistic. COVID served as a perfect cover for them to effectively nationalize production where all of a sudden Western companies go, well, we're not going to do business here anymore because COVID's there. And no kidding, they walked out of their factories. And it turns out that the Chinese did what? Well, they walked back into the factories and turned them on and did what? Turned it into domestic production. This was probably one of the most opportunistic nationalizations of international corporate infrastructure ever done, and we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it because we can't talk about the gender issues associated with male selection in those communities where all of a sudden we're supposed to be only talking about inclusivity. But we've got some awkward things we have to talk about. Like if there's a one child policy, girls get opted away from and boys are preferenced. You know what? The bad news is that comes back to haunt us. Those socially awkward conversations are the conversations we're not having. And the fact is the Chinese government used the COVID story for the inversion from export to domestic production. And everybody who's talked about though well, I don't know what's in it for China, isn't looking. What's in it for China is to try to placate domestic consumption requirements of 86 million men who are evolutionary cul-de-sacs, who will never procreate, they will never have a partner, They will never have an opportunity to ever have progeny. And because of that, the Chinese government has been desperate, desperate to try to figure out how to make sure they get gadgets and gizmos and stuff to sate their empty soul that doesn't have the chance of ever having children. And that awkward conversation is a conversation we should be having because we should actually concern ourselves with what it's like to have that many men now. Alone in the world where the only thing they have to do is consume their way into the grave.
0: You know, if you're if you're a woman listening to this, go sleep with a Chinese man and have a daughter. All right. Get off your couch. Turn off this podcast and go sleep with the first Chinese man that you see and have two daughters. Okay, okay, Play your role in society. All right. Do something. All right, don't just sit around. And if you're a man, go entertain, changing your gender, become a female and go sleep and then somehow be able to get pregnant and go sleep with a Chinese man. We love Chinese men on this podcast. We love Chinese women on this podcast. We love all people. We don't care where you're from, who you are, what you stand for. We love when people get together and have babies. Okay, that's what life's about have a baby. All right. Have two, have three. If you can't afford it, have eight. I don't care. Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. Eat sand. If you have to eat sand, we must procreate. We must play our part and help the Chinese men. Okay. So that's all I got to say on that topic. Interesting take, right? Very, very interesting take. You know, is that true? Not true. I'm sure it's partially true. I'm sure it's partially true. It probably is. Uh, you got to take the guy seriously. He knows what he's talking about. So I think this is the next part that I was getting into before that part that I kind of got wrong about how uh, the marketing issue of a German company injecting the – which, by the way, was also covered on this podcast, uh, an Israeli population – Go listen to that episode uh, where uh, Netanyahu, the guy who runs Israel, is like, yeah, like, you know, Israel's the perfect testing ground. We can just inject stuff and then we just watch them to see how they're doing. Yeah. OK. Not good. Uh, here we go.
1: that Germany has been in on this from the very beginning. I would say Israel has very clearly been in on this from the very beginning because you don't have I mean, listen, let's 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 be indelicate here for a moment. Think of the marketing failure this is to suggest that a German biotech company would be invited to be the first ones to inject a Jewish population. <laughs> I, I mean, know it. It's Does crazy. anybody and, else, does anybody else have a creepy problem with that? It, it, it totally right. nuts. And the Israeli government admitted it. They were like, well, we're experimenting on our people. I mean, it was just the most bizarre thing to see I mean, was that they would allow you, 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 the experimentation on them. Right. And, and I mean, listen, as a market test, wouldn't you at least raise your hand if you're in that room going, hey guys, isn't the optics on this a little bad? Should we really be letting a German biotech company investigate its, its new newfangled business on, on our population? The, here's the facts. The facts are Crazy. that Pfizer, Moderna, the companies that own Pfizer, Moderna, including large shareholders like BlackRock, were all in the controlled rollout of this craziness. And we can sit back and we can kind of think, Oh, my goodness, maybe there was this or that or the other passage in. But even Newsweek, I mean, remember that Scott Atlas's op-ed in Newsweek this week said all of the COVID story was based on a lie. He's the one that came out and said, you know, we tried to come up with this excess death story. But it turns out that excess deaths didn't start until we started injecting people. Well, that's a tiny problem because if we have a world in which the whole thing was a racket to run the shareholder interests of Pfizer and Moderna through the roof while cascading an entire damaging swath across the entire globe of death and destruction from the shot, from the injection, from remdesivir, from all of the things that were done, we have one of the largest largest genocidal criminal conspiracies in human history, and were pretending that it was justified under the aegis of some nonsensical public health crisis. And there wasn't one. It was all fear-mongering. And remember, they told us they were going to do it. Until the public accepts the need for a medical countermeasure such a pan-coronavirus vaccine, we will use the media to create hype. They didn't hide their intentions, they didn't hide anything. They told us what they were gonna do, and we the people continue to this day to pretend like that statement wasn't made.
0: Crazy. As ever. Crazy. I know. But if you're, if you've been listening to this podcast for some time, this is, you're, you're like, this isn't crazy. Jonathan, you've told this like forever. Like, we know all this stuff. Why even playing this nonsense? This is for the newbies. Okay. The newbies who are on the truth train. The truth train where instead of going do, do, it goes truth, truth. Okay. That's what we do. All right. We're very excited to pursue the truth because it's good. It's good for the heart. It's good for the soul. It's good for the energy of the earth to pursue, pursue, pursue truth. Now I got two more clips for you and then we're going to wrap it up. It's a, a, you got to wait till the end. Okay. You really got to wait till the end. These last two parts, it gets real serious. So I don't want you to freak out on these last two clips. All right, please don't freak out. Just, just listen and we will move on and we will enjoy our lives. Here we go.
1: Remember that as recent, as, as early as 2010, going into 2015, that, that period of time, we knew that pseudouridine, which is the the ingredient in the injection, we knew that it was pro oncogenic, meaning it would turn on cancers. Yeah. That's not a, We're that's the not a theory. A lot of cancer. That's actually yeah. published medical science. We knew that it would hit the myocardial tissue and create all sorts of problems there. That was published science. We knew that that particular ingredient in the injection was going to disrupt the conductive properties of the heart tissue. We knew that, that was published science, but it is actually one of those things where a known ingredient added to the injection for the mRNA was willfully added knowing that it would kill people. Not that it might harm people, that it would kill people. And that information, is a publicly published kind of set of information. And we're still pretending like, well, maybe they tried their best. No, they did not try their best. This was not an emergency. This was a act of terrorism and it resulted in the industrial profits that were forecast when Peter Daszak said that was what they were gonna do. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process. Their quote, not mine.
0: So what's really interesting is uh, Dave Collum, Professor Collum, who's a friend of the show. He's been on the show. Go listen to that podcast or watch it on YouTube. The audio is better on the YouTube version than the audio than the podcast. We had a recording issue. So watch the YouTube video of us. But he uh, tweeted a picture of Peter Desik on Twitter saying he's blocked. And he's like, never interacted with him, but I'm blocked. And so I wanted to see if I was blocked, why would I be blocked? Like Peter Daszak, the guy who created SARS-CoV-2 and all this, like, why? Wow, he doesn't know who I am. I look at his profile. I'm blocked. He, he blocked the Jonathan Kogan show. Do you believe that if you block the Jonathan Cogan show, then you are anti-truth, anti-American, anti-love, anti-freedom, and you are just anti everything good in life. You cannot block the Jonathan Cogan show and say that you stand for freedom and humans and earth. You can't possibly say that. OK, that is called an oxymoron. OK, oxymoron. OK, and it makes you a moron, too. Uh, pretty crazy. I got one last clip here. I'm not sure what it's about, but it's wrapping up. So let's do this. We'll come out on the other side. We'll wrap this baby up. I'll let you get back to your life. And, um, and then we'll call it a day because let me tell you, it's been a doozy on this one. Here we go. Oh, little fast, huh? little fast. One of these days. It. It's one of these- very, very fast. So here we go. Oh, never mind. He's just saying that he's been giving this talk. He's been traveling the country, telling all this stuff, telling the truth. He's, by the way, he's the main character in Plandemic 2. So go watch Plandemic 2. Plandemic 3 comes out in June but he does such a good job in pandemic too. You could probably find it on rumble. It's so good. It's so good. The guy is so damn smart. So I want to pause real quick and I want you to do something for me. Can you do me one thing? Can you do me one favor? I don't ask for much. I don't ask for anything. All I ask is you subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the rumble channel and share this with two people. That's all I ask. Now I want you to think of someone particularly in your family, but if you have to go to a close friend, but let's do family that you haven't, Either seen in a while or you haven't even talked to in a while, but you care about them. Okay. You like, you, you genuinely care about them, but you haven't seen in a while or for whatever reason, you haven't even texted in a while. I want you to immediately right now text that person that you love and just say, Hey, checking in. How are you? Or Hey, what's up? Long time. No talk. Or Hey, how's everything going? I want you to do that right now. Okay. Right now. Okay. You could do this while listening to the podcast. You're smart. You can do two things at once. You can do eight things at once if you want, if you want to put your mind to it. Do it right now. Take out your phone and text them and just say, hey, checking in, or hey, what's up? How's it going? Okay? And I guarantee you within one to two hours, you will feel better, okay? you will feel better and it will be in your best interest to do so. So please, I don't ask much. Will you please just send a text to someone that you love in your family who you haven't talked to for a little while? Maybe it's definitely been a little too long and just say, hey, just do it. That's the type of energy and love we need in the air. We need people to come together, not get pushed away. They want us divided. They want us to think we're on different teams. They are trying to trick us and we're playing into their hand. You must. It is mandatory. If you are going to listen to the next Jonathan Cogan show, I'm going to gate it off against people who are unwilling to send a stupid text message to someone in their family they haven't talked to or seen in a while, just checking in. If you're too much of a coward to do that, then you're too much of a coward for the Jonathan Cogan show. All right? So this is where courage is more contagious than fear. Please do that please do that. That's really not asking. Is that asking for much? You know, ask yourself, oh my God, is Jonathan asking for a lot? The answer is no. Okay. The answer is no. Jonathan is not asking for too much here. Okay. Okay. Great. I'm glad we're on the same page. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Seriously. And if it doesn't work again, tweet at KOGZ and tell me I am scum. And then you could say I'm scum Russian scum. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. So, yeah, this week's gonna be crazy. We got the Fed meeting, we have a former president getting indicted. The world's totally normal. You shouldn't blink an eye. This is exactly how the world's always been. It's there's no there's no chaos. The financial system's fine, there's no bank runs, the whole system's not collapsing. It's not true. You are a conspiracy theorist. Obviously, you're not, you're a truth seeker, you've been right for a very long time. If you're new to the podcast, welcome to the community. We love you. We're happy to have you, okay? we just want you to contribute. You contribute by sharing, okay? So share with two people. Sometimes it's three people, sometimes it's four people. Share with two people today. That's it. Okay? All right, everybody. I love you. Seriously. If no one told you today, I genuinely love you. I care about you because you take the time to listen to this. You've listened to it till the end, and you appreciate you you deserve that respect. And I respect you for that. Now, I may not respect you in other areas in life because you might suck at something. You probably suck at a lot of things, but you are so good at listening to podcasts and uh, and willing to listen for truth. And I respect you for that. I genuinely respect you for that. So you deserve to have a great day and maybe it's nighttime. You're going to go to sleep soon. You better sleep well because how you feel during the day and in life in general is by the quality of your sleep. Okay. This isn't a promotion for sleep. This is encouraging you to sleep well. OK, because you are searching for truth. You texted someone in your family you haven't seen in a while. Just checking in. You made their day. I guarantee you made them happy. I guarantee it. OK, and then when you share this with two people, either they're going to love it, too, or they're never going to talk to you again because they think you're a whack job. But let me tell you something. In 2023, it's never been better to be a whack job because being a whack job means you're on the right side of history. And that's what we do on this podcast all day, every day. And that is it, everybody. So look, genuinely. Thank you for watching i thank you thank you i'm 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 putting my hands together if you're if you're listening and i'm and I'm bowing like a shaman or something. I don't know what the word is but i'm I'm thinking of the word shaman you know I don't even know what that is, but listen, you keep doing what you're doing. you'll be great today. thank you for listening. I'll see you tomorrow. And at the perfect time, I got something just stuck in my throat. I'm about to start choking, and that's it. Please subscribe to the Jonathan Kogan Show wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe to the Rumble channel right now, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And thank you for being a fan. Thank you for being part of this community. I genuinely care about you. I hope you care about yourself as much as I care about you because if you don't, then we're not going to get anywhere. Love is what we need and spread it, spread it all over the way. When someone gets mad at you and starts cussing you out, say, I love you. It'll piss them off to no end and it'll make you thrive. Spread love, not fear. It's very basic. That's what we do. Pursuit of truth. This is the Jonathan Cogan show. I'm your host, Johnny K. It's great to be with you. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.